Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Cross, former defensive end of Miami Dolphins, and you're with the Gridiron Guys. How's it going? Tevin Smith with Gridiron Guys. And I would be one of those Gridiron Guys. Hey, everyone. How's everyone doing tonight? I am the Fantasy Jester. This is the two-hour special edition of the Fantasy Jester's Gridiron Guys. That's right. We are brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com and good old Blog Talk Radio. Love these guys. They do a great job. Give us crystal clear sound. Now, if they could only say it for me, I'd be even better. And uh, tonight, like I said, two-hour special edition Gridiron Guys, and we are going to bring in a guest panel tonight. We're, we're putting together our writers, and later on, we're going to talk a little bit more fantasy, too, uh, and going to be talking to our top fantasy players that we have on hand for you tonight. Uh, we're going to be joined by the staff of FantasyJusticeSports.com. We're going to have my usual JT with me. Doesn't matter, special, regular show, any show, he's going to be there. Tonight, we're going to be graced by Kid Kelly's going to join us tonight. We, uh, you know, we got to feel pretty lucky when she can make the time to come on and spend some time with us. So we're looking forward to seeing what she has to say. And then we've got our newest suspect, uh, who has joined the ranks and seems to be having a good time for himself. Personally, I'm just glad that he was able to make it here on time. And, you know, I could say that actually about both of the next two guests, but this one in particular, because he's the newest of the group and thinking he can uh, just, you know, call in whenever he wants and I'll get there. And Well, for those of you just following, he writes an article for us every Saturday, once a week, Tate Dello will be with us. And then finally, last but not least, we're going to have Joey Cage on and uh, his little eagle loving heart will be joining us later on. So we'll have somebody to pick on later. So uh, after last night and him and uh, Mako going at it, we'll see what he uh, how he's feeling today and uh, see what he has to say about football. He, he, he loves the sport. He's a great, great fantasy player. So uh, looking forward to having him on. We might have a guest caller tonight uh, from a good, good writer of ours now, and he has joined the line. I think I see him on there right now. We're going to have Jason Cordner is back. Busy Jay is joining the ranks again. Folks, he was with us at the beginning. For those of you who might not have caught us right from the start, Busy Jay was with us for a little bit, and he is Busy Jay. And you know, with his schedule the way it was, he wanted to be able to go ahead and dedicate the proper amount of time. He knows how we do things here. And in order to do the kind of job that we want, he needed to be able to dedicate some more time. So he's gone ahead now and he has worked his schedule so that he could be with us, uh, you know, and we're glad to have him. He's going to be on tonight. He's going to be on every Saturday night. He's going to join the Fantasy Justice Show at 8 o'clock with JT and I. And then you can look for a couple of articles a week, at least two, if not more, if we're graced uh, with his uh, writings. You'll be able to catch him on FantasyJusticeSports.com, and he'll be on with us tonight. As we go ahead and we're going to talk Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, 
MVP, defensive player, comeback player, biggest impact player nobody's talking about, coach of the year, which two teams we will see in the Super Bowl, and then finally, everybody, you know, the fan favorite, people are really liking this, the fact or fantasy, and what we've done is I've come up with a fact or fantasy question for each team. So no matter who you follow, we've got you covered. We're going to have a, a great fact or fantasy. You know, we might not, who knows, in our list of all the players and everything that we were talking about and the teams, if we'll get to yours, but definitely fact or fantasy at some point, we will definitely be talking about your team. And I am really looking forward to that portion of it. I will be having a rapid fire on that and having the guest answer that at that time, it will be our fantasy specialists. The four fantasy specialists that we have on our panel tonight will be talking on that. Can't wait for that. How we're going to work is we're going to go in, I'm going to get everybody in here and then we're going to go one by one offensive rookie. And I'm just going to go down the line. I'm going to go JT kid, Kelly, uh, Tate, uh, Joey Cage, Busy J, and then I'll give mine at the end. And we're going to do that for each one. We'll just go down the line, and, and this way we can keep it organized and keep it flowing nice for everybody. Without any further ado, I want to go ahead, bring in my esteemed colleague, the man I am proud to call my partner in what we do here on FantasyJusticeSports.com and everything on our podcast. He works very hard on our podcast for us. Jason J.T. Townsend, how are you tonight, sir? Jester, we are one week away from football. We got a two-hour special tonight dedicated to football. And for once in the whole time we've been on the radio together, I've got better weather than you. I'm doing great. Yeah, and for those of you uh, tuning in for the first time or not really sure, I'm coming to you live from D-Land, Florida, and normally, uh, I love being able to say it's a beautiful night here in Florida and hope it's just as beautiful wherever you are. I hope it's beautiful wherever you are, folks, because let me tell you, we are uh, we have battened down the hatches just for just in case. Fortunately for uh, myself and God bless the people that are, are in the way of the storm. We are at the outer edge. Now, that's good and bad. We'll miss a good portion of it. But those outer edges, and especially if you're on the one side of a hurricane, uh, they can stir up tornadoes. We've uh, we've been under tornado uh, watch since uh, earlier in the day, and we'll continue through the night on uh, tornado watch. We had a tornado warning uh, just slightly south of us uh, earlier in the evening. So going to be a little interesting night, and if we should lose power, I have no idea what happens with blog talk. If I lose power, JT will go ahead and run the show if the show keeps playing until my generator kicks on and we have power and I'll come back on. So if for whatever reason we lose power, and right now it's not raining, we're fine, we're in the clear right now, but if any time during that two hours the storm comes and we lose power, JT will run the show if it stays on. If for whatever reason it goes off, we'll go ahead and, and be right back on. It'll take literally a minute, maybe two at the most, for the generators to kick in. Next up on our line, up in New Jersey, we have Kid Kelly. Kid, how are things in Jersey? Good. It was raining today, though. 
Oh, I guess all right. I'm in the so same boat with bad weather. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. But you're ready for those giants, I know. I'm, I'm sure of that, aren't you? Oh, I'm 100% ready. And by ready, I mean nervous and anxious as ever, but hoping <laughs> for the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. I think all Giant fans share in that uh, cautiously, extremely cautiously optimistic going into the season. Uh, I think that's the best way to put it. Next up on the line, our Buffalo Bills fan via Dallas, Tate Dello. Tate, our undercover Dallas reporter, how are you, sir? Good. How are you guys this evening? I know you're dealing with some weather. It's been a little stormy off and on here today. I think we're catching some of the tail end of that hurricane out in the Gulf, kicking up the back direction. Oh, all right, all right. Gotcha, gotcha. Great to have you with us again, Tate, as always, folks. And, again, Tate just started writing for us, fantasyjusticesports.com. Go check out his articles. He's covering now the uh, latest thing that we have him working on is getting us ready for the NHL season coming up. So every Saturday, starting last Saturday, for the next couple Saturdays in a row, he's going to be giving you his version of the NHL on fantasyjusticesports.com. Next up, we have him coming in from the green room. He's making his way in and sitting down. He's in studio again tonight. We're lucky. You know, I, I actually, uh, it feels like he never really left. And um, it's been interesting because he left last night a little late and got back here a couple hours ago. And I don't know, have you slept much, Joey? How's everything going? Uh, everything's great. Uh, I can't say I slept much. You know, the only thing that's on my mind is what's going on with FXC and, you know, when I'm going to get in the ring. Because I'll tell you, I can't wait. You know, I, I hope that Mako guy knows what he's getting into, getting in the ring. You know, it's something he's never done. This is a different kind of shark tank. Uh, and there won't be a cage. Or maybe there will, but either way, he's getting destroyed. And, uh, we'll, you know, we'll discuss that more another time. I'm excited to be here, ready to talk some football. Oh, I know one thing, and he found out afterwards, I, I, I explained to him, he had no idea that you had an MMA background. So um, I, think, uh, I think he's been put on notice, and uh, it's going to be very interesting. Folks, next up, via New York, back home, good old New York, New Jersey on the line. I'm liking this. And back now, Permanently with FantasyJusticeSports.com, I am proud to give everyone Jason Busy J. Cordner. Busy, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How's everybody doing? Look at that, a familiar voice on the line. It's JT. Back, it's good to be back with a big boy play. Exactly. You know it. You know it. You know it. We don't, where, we, where we play and we don't play both at there the same go. time. All right, folks, let's get right down to it. Let's kick this off. Like I said, we're going to go JT, Kid Kelly. We're going to go Tate, Joey Cage, Busy J, in that order. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Here we go, folks. JT, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Who are you giving us? Well, Jester, you know, this is a guy we've talked about in the past, and it's somebody close to your heart, and I'm sure Kid Kelly's as well. Uh, wide receiver Sterling Shepard, 5'10", 194 pounds, uh, a guy that can play all over the field, inside, outside, extremely talented route runner, 
Um, a guy that's for the ball, uh, NFL player comparison now would be a Tyler Lockett. Maybe the, not the same top-end speed, but a better catcher of the ball, an unbelievable route runner. Eli's going to have a field day with this kid. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, not the top-end speed of a Lockett, but, yeah, the rest of the package is there, I think. That's a, that's a good one, JT. Go ahead. And next up we've got Kid Kelly. Who do you have? Offensive rookie. Wow, I think this will shock no one that I also had Sterling Shepard. Good. I think Very he'll good. <laughs> I think he'll have a lot of a lot of chances because people will be focusing on Odell and the return of Victor Cruz and he's incredibly talented, so there's no doubt that he will make a huge impact for the Giants. He he's gonna have that opportunity. That that I I'm willing to uh, agree with you guys on this. He's gonna have the opportunity because as a Giants fan I've got to be honest with you. I, I will wait and hold my breath for this year's defense. You know, I'm still not sold that. To me, I'll wait to see what looks like big blue defense and what I've grown accustomed to as a, a, a big blue fan. All right, next up, Tate, Offensive Rookie of the Year. What are you giving us? Well, well I don't disagree with you guys on Sterling Shepard. I, I do think he's going to be in the mix there but I think he's going to get edged out by you guys are going to make call me a homer living here in Dallas, but I'm definitely not a Cowboys fan. I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to be right there. Uh, he's running behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. Even with Romo out, I think that gives them the ability to lean on him a little more than they probably would have if Romo was in. But at the same time, running behind that, that big offensive line that they have here in Dallas, one of the best, if not the best, in the league. I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to run all over everybody, probably put up 1,200-plus to 1,500 yards, and uh, probably 15 to 20 touchdowns. I don't see the 15 to 20. And here's the one – not the 15 to 20 touchdowns. Uh, I don't don't see that. Maybe 15 combined rushing and catching. Um, But – Here's the thing that, I learned that's about. That's what I'm meaning, combined oh, rushing, okay. gotcha. receiving. I apologize for not clarifying. Oh, no, no, you're good. You're good. No, here's one of the things, though, Tate, that I learned uh, during this offseason is that Ezekiel Elliott is not as fast as I thought he was because they were able to catch a photo of him coming out of that marijuana dispensary pretty easily. So um, <laughs> he is definitely not as fast as I thought he was. Uh, Joey Cage, who are you going? Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna, I am gonna have to agree with Tate. I, this is Ezekiel Elliott all the way. I mean, I kind of would have expected it from you know the Homer and, and Kid Kelly, but JC very disappointed, man. I don't understand how you could possibly go Sterling Shepard over Ezekiel Elliott. The way that they're gonna have to use that guy this year behind the best offensive line in football. I mean, I, I'm an Eagles fan, and I can say the Cowboys got a player. And, I mean, you, you talk about the workload he's going to have this year with the quarterback situation. And, I mean, he's going to – I think he runs away with the award. Uh, I don't think it's close. But, uh, again, the Giants got a great receiver there. But this is a guy – he should absolutely win the rookie of the year. Yeah, Joey, the answer to your question, how I pick Sterling Shepard, is two reasons. A, he's a better player, and B, the Giants, yeah, I they have their defense. They're going to have to throw the football. Dallas is in the same boat. They don't have the defense to stay in games. 
and I think they're going to be playing from behind. And Dunbar is the receiving back, not Ezekiel Elliott. So that's where I think the issue lies with him. Interesting. Interesting. Well, what we're going to do is we've got to keep going, though. We're going to go move on to Busy J and find out. Busy J, who do you have? Offensive Rookie of the Year. You know, being a Giants fan, this changed me. But reality is reality. It's Ezekiel Elliott's award to lose. I expect him to easily, easily get 1,500 yards behind that incredible offensive line. He could block. He can run. He can catch. He's going to be an all-purpose back for this for that team. His award to lose, hands down. And I, I do like the pickup of the Giants with Sterling Sharp. I, I like that pickup, but it's still Ezekiel Elliott's award to lose. There's no way he's not going to get it. I think coming in at approximately week three and taking over the NFL scene at running back, your rookie of the year will be Devontae Booker. Moving on. Oh, curveball. <laughs> there you go. Didn't think I was going there, did you? Defensive rookie of the year. Go ahead, Townsend. Well, for defensive rookie of the year, I like safety Carl Joseph from the Oakland Raiders. Uh, you got a guy that's known for his coverage ability, and the guy can bring the lumber. Filling in for Charles Woodson, taking over his role. Uh, you got tight ends like Travis Kelsey, Antonio Gates that he'll deal with. This guy can hit, he can cover, and he's a smart player, so he's my rookie of the year. Okay. Next up, go ahead, Kid Kelly. Um, I don't know if you exactly consider him a rookie, but he never played last year because of the season, so I did. But Dante Fowler from the Jaguars, I think the free agency upgrades that the Jaguars took will help him incredibly, and he will do so well. Could we call does he qualify for rookie of the year even though he didn't play last year? I mean, it is his first it's his first season, so I would consider him a rookie. He's your rookie. I got you. All right. Good, yeah. good. All right. Sounds good. Tate. Uh I like the Carl Joseph pick as well. Um he was on my my list of uh being in the mix. But I have uh Darren Lee, linebacker for the Jets, being being right there as well. I see him making a lot of tackles for them on defense, probably playing from behind a lot, spending a lot of time on the field. I think Darren Lee for the Jets going to be uh, right there in the mix. Nice pick. Nice pick. Yeah, I like him. I almost I almost went there. I, uh, I almost did. Uh, Joey Cage? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jacksonville Jaguars corner Jalen Ramsey. I think he's going to be a guy that leads their team in interceptions. Uh, people are going to target him because he's a rookie and – I mean, in my opinion, Amukamara isn't that great of a corner. I think he's going to be the best corner on his team. Uh, he's going to stand out. He makes plays. You know, that's what he does. And I think that the Jaguars got a great pick there. Uh, so that's my guy. Nice, nice. Close, close, close. All right. Um, Busy J, you're up. Defensive rookie. This should be a shocker for everybody, but I'm going to go with Ramsey. I, I think his knees are going to be okay, and he will be tested heavily in that division with a especially with with Andrew Luck. But I think his, his knees will hold up. He'll be able to win the award. I don't really see too much of competition who will win other than, than Ramsey. Okay. And I'm close. I am on the team. I saw the man play. I went to the practices. I saw him play. I saw the speed and how much ground he will cover. Miles Jack is my rookie of the year. Next up, MVP. Going to my personal, hey, listen here, the MVP of co-hosts, 
JT, what's up? Jester, uh, another guy you and I have talked about in the past, and I believe Joey Cage is in on this conversation, but I'm sticking with it. I see Antonio Brown. I do see a 2,000-yard season, and I do see the first wide receiver MVP going to him at the end of the year. And uh, just uh, for you folks that are waiting for the Factor Fantasy, my Pittsburgh Factor Fantasy will be on Antonio Brown, so stay tuned for that. So that's a good pick. Uh, you know, and he, he's going first in everybody's – he's going first in every fantasy draft I've been in. I don't know about anybody else, but, you know, every redraft league I've been in, uh, he's gone first. So he is definitely looked at as uh, one of the most talented players in the league. So why not? There's a good chance. We've got Kid Kelly. What do you got, MVP? I think this might be unpopular, but I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I think the return of Jordy Nelson and a better or better shaped Eddie Lacy will really help him. And I think this is his award to lose. I think people are expecting him to do better this year. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason. Listen, he's, he's young enough. He is getting a wide receiver back. He's going to have a better running game. Lacy looks like he's ready to rock and roll this year. So, you know, it, it could be. There's, that's not that's not that crazy of a pick. I, I I like it. It's not my pick, but I happen to like it. That's a good one. All right, go ahead. Uh, coming up next, Tate, MVP. Uh, well, MVP tends to, even though it's technically not, tends to be a quarterback award. But I am right there with JT on this one. Antonio Brown having a huge season again, being pretty much the number one guy off most people's boards in fantasy, I'd be Antonio Brown winning the MVP this year. Okay. All righty. Good, good. Two Antonio Browns there. Next up, Joey Cage. Uh, I'm going to go a little against the green from everyone. I think a guy who's gotten better every year he's been in the league, uh, I think he continues to get better, as he always has. Uh, he's still on a great team, good, great offense. Um I think my my pick is uh, Russell Wilson from Seattle. Wow. And when you said that, okay, uh, for whatever reason, as soon as you said he's gotten better every year in the league, I I immediately was like, wow, maybe I should go with Russell Wilson instead. Uh, (laughs) And sure enough, you, yeah, sure enough, he he goes with it. Yeah, no. That is a great pick because we don't know yet what his ceiling is. Exactly. We still don't know. I mean, he's been to a Super Bowl. That's scary. He's been to a Super Bowl, and he's gotten better every year, and we don't know his ceiling. So this will be interesting this year, and that, that's a real good pick. Busy J, what do you have? I'm going with the reigning defending MVP, Cam Newton. I think he's going to be the first player since Peyton Manning to win back-to-back MVPs. He's only gonna, his mechanics are only going to get better. He's more seasoned after – falling short in the Super Bowl, that's going to motivate him. Plus, he got his tight end, Benjamin, back. That's only going to help the offense going with Cam Newton to be a two-time MVP. Mm-hmm. You know, and I do see a good year out of Funchess this year. And um, that's, a, that's a nice pick. That's a nice pick. And that, that really has me sitting here thinking for a second. I'm going to go with Antonio Brown, and once again, I'm going to allude to my factor fantasy uh, later on in the show. 
because I have a factor fantasy that will make him the MVP. So we'll be talking about that in a little bit. Then we go from MVP now to defensive player of the year. Doesn't matter, rookie, any any defensive player of the year. JT. Well, the guy that I like uh, quite a bit for this award, and I think this is going to be his year to shine, is Aaron Donald, defensive tackle from the Los Angeles Rams. You get a guy that possesses kind of a hybrid Warren Sapp, J.J. Watt type of skill set. When you watch this guy, he's quick, he's powerful, he's smart. He sets up the blockers well. Um, and a guy that has a motor that just doesn't stop. I like that defensive line. I like that defense overall. He is my defensive player of the year. Right. That's nice. Yeah, that is a, that's a great D-line, like you said. And he's got a motor. He's got a motor. So, interesting pick. Interesting. Not mine, but interesting. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Kid Kelly. Kid I'm Kelly, going defense. With, uh on Patrick Peterson of the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are looking for blood this year. They know that the the clock is running out for Carson Palmer, and Peterson will be all over every receiver. I think that they want to win this year. They want it to be the the Super Bowl. I think that's where they're going. Could you also see possibly uh, maybe uh, the Honey Badger there giving him a little bit of a run, uh, both guys on the same team? They're uh, both going for the same award. (laughs) That could be possible, too. Definitely a possibility. Yeah. That's what I like. That's what I like a lot. All right. That was it. All right, kid. Kid, you're hanging in there. You're hanging in there, kid. (laughs) I was a little, you know, I was a little skeptical, you know, Kid Kelly, you know, hang with the big dogs. But you're hanging right in there and doing really well. All right. Keep it up, kid. Keep it up. Next up, we've (laughs) got Tate. No worries. Tate. Uh, My defensive player of the year. Um, I like the pick so far. But I'm going with a guy out of Oakland, Khalil Mack. Uh, he had 77 tackles and 15 sacks and two forced fumbles last year. I think he improves on that and uh, goes defense player of the year to Khalil Mack, again, out of the Raiders organization. Hmm. He is a, he is a dynamic player. He is a dynamic player. And, you know, he – I I don't know. That's defensive player of the year. I like it. I like it. Uh, he's uh, he's going to be up there. That team is going to be that team overall is much improved during this off season and uh Jack I think he's got that team headed in the right direction for sure. So that's a, I like that pick Tate. I like that. Yeah. All right. All right. Next up we've got Joey Cage, defensive player. Uh, well, I'm going to have to go with my dude, the, uh, you know, I don't know how he hasn't been mentioned. I guess everyone's like, well, I guess he's been winning, but, uh, JJ Watt, uh, is going to show up again this season and prove that he what? is still the best defensive player in the league. <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> A little wrestling there for you. What? JJ Watt, you really, yeah, you think, uh, how many touchdowns is he good for this year? Uh, I'd say about six. About six? Yeah, six sounds about right. Yeah, all right. yeah. All right. I like it. He's not. He, he, he's a he's an option there for you. And next up, we've got Busy J. What do you got, Busy? 
I, I like Watt, too, but I'm not going to pick him this time. I think last year was his, that was his peak. I'm going with Khalil Mack. I think Mack is just going to keep on improving. He's going to get more sacks this year. I think just playing with Oakland, he's going to set the tone for the defense. And like you said early, Justin, they're going to have an incredible year. So I'm going to go with Mack. Oh, all right. Nice. To Mack, we got, we've got an interesting group. And, you know, <laughs> I have not wanted to say this pick because, you know, I, I'm going to be called a homer for it. And, oh yeah, and I'm going to be yeah. I'm going to be hated I'm going to be hated by a certain uh, Dolphins fan too, even more so. But I think now when you have Olivier Vernon on this defensive line, this was the year. Now a, a couple of people have heard me say this before about Olivier Vernon. Okay, is that right now after the same amount of years he is outpacing Lawrence Taylor. Now, I'm sure several people out there might have heard of Lawrence Taylor uh, because he uh, he is noted for playing the game and at a rather high level. So, uh, as as we talk about Mr. Taylor and Olivier Vernon, and we can put their stats in the same sentence, it becomes a little less funny other than for somebody from Miami. If you're the opposing team of the Giants this year, okay, and having to face the defensive line of Olivier Vernon, Jonathan Hankins, Damon Harrison, and Pierre Paul, this is shades of Giants line. Now, is it as deep a line? That's yet to be seen. But that first four, that first four is a decent line, better than decent line. My question about the Giant defense is not the line. And this is the year. Year five is where... Taylor broke out. This will be exactly where Olivier Vernon did it, and he'll be doing it in the spotlight of New York where he'll be able to get the media attention that some of these other guys in a smaller market won't get. So I know, Homer Pick, everybody can yell at me. It's fantasyjester at yahoo.com or fantasy underscore jester at Twitter. You can yell away. When we come back from the break, folks, what we're going to do is we're going to reverse direction on the order, and we're going to start out with Busy J and end up with JT and then myself. But first, we have to pay a couple bills. Hi, folks. Fantasy Jester here to talk about BreadFromYourBed.com, and I am with Ethan, the son of the owner, Joey from BreadFromYourBed.com. Say hello, Ethan. Hello. And how old are you? Four. Okay, Ethan, thanks. Uh, we'll get back to you in one minute. And here's a little bit about BreadFromYourBed.com. They're both a business services website and a personal finance blog. They discuss ways for people to make extra money from home, and they offer a wide variety of services for your businesses. If you need more traffic for your website, if you need social media management or marketing, if you need a website built, or if you just want to make some extra money online, these are the guys to do it. They have worked and provided results for clients ranging from small to big, and will show you some of those results, including the statistics and the numbers. I highly encourage you to check them out if you're looking for help for your business to grow, or you're looking to learn how to make some extra money from home. Ethan, where should people go if they're looking for a website? BreadFromTheBed.com And where should people go if they're looking for social media management? 
Petfromthebed.com. And where should people go if they're looking to make some extra money? Petfromthebed.com. And where should people go to get help starting a business? Petfromthebed.com. All right. And if uh, they want to work from home, where should people go? Um, Petfromthebed.com. All right, Ethan. One more time, let me ask you. If they want to spend more time with their kids, where should parents go? Um, BreadFromYourBed.com That's right, folks. BreadFromYourBed.com What's up? I'm Miles Jag. You're listening to the Fantasy Jesse Show. That's right. Miles Jack, listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. As you can tell, folks, I love that. We can come in at any time, and you can hear the list of pro athletes that are now listening to the Fantasy Jester Show. A couple of the guys say it right out. I listen. I'm a fan of because they've listened. They're a fan of that. We cover it the way it's supposed to be covered. We give you the stats. We've got people like JT, Tate, Busy J, Joey Cage, Kid Kelly, doing some great articles for us, absolutely phenomenal work. We give the coverage. We give it very fair. We don't give it, you know, some people want to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, sometimes I pick my giant guys and this, that, the other. Yeah, everybody who knows me knows that's horse crap. I will call the Giants as I see it. And like I said, I'm not not overly impressed with the Giant defense. But, yes, folks, our coverage is getting attention by athletes. This isn't just fans now. This is actual athletes of the sports that we go ahead and cover, and they're the ones validating what we're doing. So, again, if they're listening to us, you should. Why wouldn't you? You got me. I would listen to me. I listen to me all the time. I love listening to me. (sighs) Anyway, back to the show. Let's get this going. We've got... Come back, we've got biggest impact player yet, nobody's talking about coach of the year, two teams in the Super Bowl. And then coming up yet, we've got Factor Fantasy, the rapid fire edition. We're going to have Factor Fantasy from each NFL team. Can't wait for that. We're going to break that one out, folks. That is, that is going to be fun to listen to. Quick answers on that one because we've got some good ones. All right. Comeback player, and we're going to work in reverse order. We've got Busy J on the line. Busy, comeback player of the year, who are you taking? I think a no-brainer has to be Jordy Nelson. I mean, the, the drop-off in the Packers offense last year without him is just a testament of what it's going to be this year with him. I think now Aaron Rodgers has his favorite receiver back. I expect big things from Jordy Nelson. Nice. Uh, I think, uh, I, I, and yeah, he is pretty much, I, I'll be surprised if we don't have a clean sweep on that, to be honest with you, because uh, he had, I mean, just how much he was missed also goes into it. You know, you saw that offense. I, I sorry, I'm not used to seeing Aaron Rodgers uh, struggle like he did last year. So that'll tell you how much he, uh, Jordy Nelson means to this team. And Comeback player of the year, yeah, uh, that's a good one. Like I said, Busy J, that's a real good one. Joey Cage, what do you have? I have to agree with Busy J. I had Jordy Nelson as well. I think he shows how valuable he was to the team. And uh, there's, you know, there isn't going to be another player I think that makes as big of an impact this year after missing last year. Jordy Nelson's definitely the guy. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, exactly. I guess I'd be surprised if it isn't clean, sweet. Tate? Need to be surprised? Because I'm, I'm not picking Jordy Nelson. I am saying Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, Ooh. comeback player of the year. You know, I, I was going to go Luck with my pick. And the only reason why I didn't is I was able to recently catch the last indie game. And I don't know if that was just a bad game or it's an indication of things to come. But, God, that team looks terrible. Absolutely god-awful. It's the only reason why I didn't take him. Um, next up, Kid Kelly. I'm going uh, Keenan Allen for the Chargers. I think he was on a, a great streak for the Chargers last year until he ended, but he's proved that he could outrun defenses and he could pull off some spectacular catches, and I think he'll be a huge asset this year. Good. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice pick. That's a nice pick. Phillip Rivers likes to – Chuck that ball. He, play, he plays a lot of duck and chuck. So, I mean, why not? That's as good a pick as any. I like that just as much as a, a Jordy pick on that one. It's just if he can stay healthy. All right. <laughs> and next next up, last but not least, JT, who do you have? First off, everybody, great picks. Hard to disagree with any of those, which is what I'm going to. I think that uh, Busy had the right team, just the wrong player. I'm looking at a svelte 232-pound pissed-off Eddie Lacy, who is averaging 5.7 yards per carry this preseason, running with a passion, and I see him as the comeback player of the year. Very nice. Very nice. I like that. I like that. And, yes, he has rededicated himself, uh, and he is looking phenomenal and Wow, that's giving me pause for a second because I thought I had a good one, but hmm. All right, I'm going to just go with mine anyway, and I don't know if you call it a comeback since he's never played a down. He's been here for years. No, no, me. My pick is he didn't play his rookie year. Kevin White, the wide receiver out of Mm. Chicago, is a guy that people haven't talked about because he was gone all year last year. He's buried on a team that really nobody's talking about much of this year. He's got a quarterback that people, they don't like Cutler because, let's be honest, he he can be an ass. Yeah, he's Cutler. Okay, so, you know. I think there's a lot of reasons that go into, you know, you ask people, well, who's across from Alshon Jeffy? And, and people stutter on that one. They have no clue, you know. So I think that would be a good sneaky pick. Next up, we've got biggest impact player nobody's talking about. Busy Jay, what do you got? This might come as a surprise, but I really don't feel no one's talking about him, and that's Big Ben. I think with all these weapons at his disposal, he's going to have a great year if he stays healthy and plays more than 14 games. I think the sky's the limit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll get to them later, but I'm going with Big Ben. I think he's going to have a great year, breakout year. Yeah, uh, and you know, you're right. He is somebody that nobody – I don't understand. This guy doesn't get talked about, and meanwhile, he's he's the one, uh, you know, God in this team, and you saw the difference – you know, listen, there was a definite difference than even how Antonio Brown did without him. So, you know, uh, staying healthy, 
staying healthy is going to be the biggest one. But, yes, definitely an impact player that a lot of people don't talk about. Joey Cage. Well, there were a couple that I had in mind, uh, specifically in regards to, like, my team, uh, the Eagles, and then, you know, uh, my team down in Florida, the Bucks, And, you know, there were a couple players, you know, you know obviously throughout the league that really, you know, uh, are going to have a great impact but aren't really, you know, as talked about or as discussed as others. But uh, one player that really stands out to me, uh, I'm going to have to go with Jameis Winston because I think when I when you talk about Jameis Winston, he's a guy who threw for over 4,000 yards last year in his rookie year. And while he did have bumps, you know, here and there, his rookie year was an absolute success. Um you know, he showed command of the offense, the same offense he's running now as Dirk Cutter is now as head coach. Uh, so he's staying in the same offense. Um, he does have weapons at his disposal in Mike Evans, Vincent Jackson, you know, Doug Martin, Charles Sims. Uh, and he has two pretty solid tight ends, in my opinion, Cameron Brayton, and Austin Severian Jenkins, which is, you know, critical to a young quarterback success. But I think Jameis also has that leadership and it factor that, you know, is really going to come into play. I, I think the Bucks could sneak into the playoffs this year, and for that, I'm going to say Jameis is my player uh, for this. Wow. Okay. Nice. That's true. Nobody's talking about him. You're right. You're right. And he is uh, – he definitely surprised people last year. They thought he'd be throwing a lot more picks. I know that for sure. So, uh, you know, everybody wrote him off because of, uh, you know, some college hijinks. I mean, and if you really want to – hold people to their college hijinks. You know how many successful people in life you would have uh, negated. So uh, that's a good pick, Joey. I like that one. Next up, we've got Tate. What do you have? Well, I could play Homer and say somebody like Sammy Watkins, but I'm not. I'm going to go with somebody that I know pretty much nobody's talking about. Uh, Running back out of Washington by the name of Chris Thompson. Um, he's backing up Matt Jones right now, but Matt Jones is already hurt. So you're looking at Chris Thompson. It's his third year in the league out of Florida State. He had uh, 35 carries, 216 yards last year for a 6.2 yards per carry. Also threw in 35 receptions, 240 yards, and two touchdowns last year. If uh, Matt Jones isn't going to play, Chris Thompson is the guy you're going to want to be looking at and everybody's going to be scrambling for on the waiver wire. Interesting pick, Tate. Interesting pick, and I'll tell you why. Because there's a name in that Washington backfield also that people aren't talking about that I think this is a guy to watch. And, you know, it's going to be if he can pass Thompson. And from what I've seen, he might be able to. The other name in the Washington backfield that you're also going to want to pay attention to is Mac Brown. I don't know if anybody's watched the recent film on him and in in particular the last game that they played, but there's a guy that runs fast, can cut. He's big, strong. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Washington team in general is going to be a uh, more interesting team than people are giving them credit for. Good pick, Tate. Good pick. If he can go ahead, as long as he can keep fighting off, and so far he is, He's been fighting off uh, Brown. Brown's listed behind him, so that, that's a nice that's a nice pick. So somebody might come out of that Washington backfield, bro. That is a good one. We've got Kid Kelly. What do you got? All right, I'm sure I'm sure everyone's heard of this guy's wonderful returns. And going with Tyler Lockett because I think he's a huge impact as a wide receiver, and he's been so overlooked, and people don't even 
from what some people I've spoken to don't even really consider him one of the best wide receivers for the Seahawks because they just look at Doug Baldwin and that's all they see. So I'm thinking he's going to be he's going to have a huge breakout this year. Kid Kelly, I got one thing for that one. Phenomenal pick. Phenomenal pick. People don't Thank talk you. about that kid. People don't talk about that kid, and he is electric. He is electric. Yeah, I think he can make a huge impact this year for that team. And you're seeing that they're going to – there's a good chance that you might see Seattle throwing a little bit more than they used to, gang. So uh, that's a nice pick there. And, JT, coming up on you, what do you have? Well, you know, it's our job here to dig deep for the listeners out there. My guy is six foot seven, two hundred and fifty-four pound tight end out of Penn State, Jesse James for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got a guy nice. that absolutely can do it all. He can block, he can catch. He's a smart player. Ladarius Green was let walk by San Diego for a reason. We're starting to see why. Multiple ankle surgeries. Is he having concussion problems or isn't he? You're looking at a guy in Jesse James that can step in for Heath Miller guy that's sixth all-time in receptions at the tight end position, and Ben knows how to use it, this guy should be a big red zone target and possibly a big part of that offense overall. Nice. Nice. Real good. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that almost as much as my own pick. Folks, I, here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a quarterback. I'm going to give you a quarterback that started for the first time last year. Started full 16 slate for the first time last year. He threw for just short of 4,200 yards, 4,166. He threw for 29 touchdowns and only 11 interceptions and had a completion percentage just short of 70%, 69.8%, his first full year starting and nobody nobody is giving Kirk Cousins credit that is just unbelievable that you can throw for almost 0.2% short of 70% throw for 4200 yards almost 30 touchdowns in your first full season and nobody's talking about you I mean, that is just, that to me, that is the biggest impact player that nobody is talking about. Coach of the year, as we keep moving on on this show, we've got coach of the year, two teams in the Super Bowl, and then Factor Fantasy. Busy, Jay, where are we going, coach of the year? I'm going to throw a little curveball out for everybody. I'm going to go with rookie head coach Ben McAdoo from my beloved New York Giants. I think the offense is going to flourish under the third year under him, and if the defense could stop a nosebleed, this team could easily win 11 games. So I'm going with rookie head coach Ben McAdoo as your coach of the year. You know, as much as I'm a Giants fan, everybody knows I am, you know, busy. The only reason why I'm going to argue with that pick, okay, is this. He's been there, and he's been their offensive coordinator for a little bit. And each of the last three years, You're talking about an offense that went from 30 points a game to 27.3 to last year, 26.2. So 
I'm not all that. I, I, I want to see. Uh, you know what? He'd be coach of the year if he turns that trend around. I'm going to tell you. If he makes the Giants a playoff team, if he makes the Giants a playoff team, he'll, he, he should be a coach of the year. Because I'm going to tell you, if that offense continues in that trend, okay, and the defense that I'm sorry, I was not impressed so far from what I've seen now. Hopefully, they'll gel a little bit better. But I don't know. That, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be – I'm going to be honest with you. As much as I would like to say it, that's going to be a tough one. Okay, Joey Cage, go ahead. Well, um, all right. Well, I'm going to go a little bit different of a direction, and I'm going to say this gentleman wins yet another Coach of the Year award after guiding his team to the Super Bowl, uh, which will answer another question down the road. But I'm going to go Bruce Arians wins the award again. Nice pick. Solid coach. Looks like they might go, uh, you know, far this year again. Could be up there. Could be up there. Okay, interesting pick. Next up, Tate, what do you have, Coach of the Year? I actually had written down Bruce Arians of Arizona as well, another uh, third-time third time win, and he won once with the Colts back in 2012, and he won in 2014 with the Cardinals, and I think he does it again. Nice, nice. Yeah, he is, he is solid. He is a solid pick. Here we go, Kid Kelly, uh, you know, Busy J, here's your chance for somebody that's going to agree with you on McAdoo. Yeah. Let's, let's see. We're, we're uh, going to find out. I wish, I wish I could, but I, I'm just, I am too. I'm skeptical that Ben McAdoo. Instead, I went with Pete Carroll for the Seahawks. I think he's consistently been good, and he will probably do the same this year. He's a young, talented team. Nice, interesting, interesting. Here's a guy. Here, here comes a guy in JT. He might go for McAdoo. You're talking about me, right? Because that's not happening. Yeah, I'm going to pick Olivia <laughs> Vernon to win the Defensive Player of the Year as well. Um, I know you no, wouldn't, but that's okay. It's going to it's going to be <laughs> awful when you see what this kid blossoms into. We'll see. I'm going to go a little off the chart, or actually a lot off the chart. It's not always the team with the best record that gets Coach of the Year. It's the team that makes the most improvement. And I see Gus Bradley and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, helping him attain that distinction this year. They loaded that defense up. Their offense is already disgusting. Now you add Chris Ivory to that mix. Offensive line has some questions, but I think they can work with that. He's my choice for coach of the year. Nice, nice. You know, and as much as I'd like to go with that, that is, it is a great pick. He is really turning that program around. And like I said, from spending time, up there in Jacksonville on the campus there and talking with the players and talking. I was able to talk with Gus Bradley for a little while and just the mentality of the players. They really are a cohesive group. Now, as much as I like that pick and as much as I like Arians, I am going to stay on the West coast and go with Jack Del Rio. He's been building a squad out there very quietly and I think the surprise, uh, you know, if they can go ahead and pull what they're, what I think they're going to, it's along the lines of Jacksonville because both are going to be surprising people. Jacksonville is going to catch people off guard. I think Oakland, the problem with Oakland might be is that they're not going to catch people off guard because, you know, they made such a splash during the off season. So, Going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. Some great picks there, guys. Some great picks and uh, and lady uh, on the 
title here. And the last two teams in the Super Bowl, who's it going to be? Busy J, who we got? I got the Steelers versus the Panthers in Super Bowl 51. I think the Panthers are going to be the head and shoulder, the class of the NFC. They will be tested by Seattle. They will be tested by Carolina. I'm sorry, by the Cardinals, but they're still mm-hmm. going to come out. I still think they're going to be determined to come back and repeat. It's kind of like what happened last year, but only they're going to get the job done. No, I can't pick against the Steelers. Nobody else other than the Patriots, but I don't think the Patriots are going to be as good as people think they're going to be. And mm-hmm. we already know that AFC West is wide open, so I'm going to have to see the Steelers right now coming out the AFC. Nice. Nice. Interesting two teams, and, yeah, very both very possible. Like it. Like it. Definitely do. Uh, Joey Cage. I'm actually going to go, you know, I know for the AFC I'm going to go Pittsburgh as well. I think Pittsburgh, you know, has a, a borderline – a historic year, especially on offense. And I think that they really, I think that they go all the way there. Um, you know, I, and a part of me really wants to say what we're going to end up seeing is a rematch of that Super Bowl Pittsburgh versus Arizona. Um, because I think Arizona got a lot better on the defensive side of the ball this year. And, you know, with a healthy Carson Palmer, uh, I can't see any other team really other than, other than Seattle really matching them. Uh, you know, across the board, you know, on offense and on defense. So I, I guess my official one would be uh, Pittsburgh and Arizona. Okay. All right. Nice. Nice. Pittsburgh, Arizona. Okay. Then we got uh, who we got up next? We've got Tate up next. Tate, what you got there, brother? All right. Well, NFC is, I think, is the tougher one to come down to just one team. I think I'm, I'm picking Arizona but I think mm-hmm. it's going to be really close between Arizona, Carolina, Green Bay, and Seattle. But I, I think Arizona edges them out and goes to the Super Bowl for the NFC. And then the AFC, as much as I hate to do it and I hate to see it, I think New England, um, the, Belichick just knows what to do and, and handles things to uh, get the best out of the players he's got. He may not have the best, the biggest names on paper, but he figures it out somehow, as much as I hate to say it as a Bills fan. I do think New England ends up edging out a Pittsburgh in the, going to the AFC side of the Super Bowl. I think okay. Arizona wins it, though. Yeah, you can't. New England's a hard team to count out, that's for sure. That is that is a for sure on that one. Good one, Tate. I actually, I actually like that matchup right there. I, I actually can see that one happening. All right, I like that. Kid Kelly, what do you have? Super Bowl, what's it going to be? Well, I'll sound kind of like a broken record, but I do see Arizona against the Steelers for the Super Bowl, but we'll be hoping against all odds the Giants make it in. Yeah, and like you said, against all odds, well, maybe not all odds, but against pretty good ones. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I wouldn't look for them there this year yet. Not yet, not yet. We've got a little bit yet, but... Interesting, interesting. It's looking like an Arizona-Pittsburgh Super Bowl. Till you get to JT, what's he got? JT, what well, on the got? AFC side of the ball, AFC side of the ball, this makes me sick as Tate as well. You look at what Bill Belichick's done, moving Troy Brown to corner at times. I mean, there's no Brady for four games. What makes you think Garoppolo's not going to succeed in that offense? You also look, they're playing three of their first four games at home. I think that's going to help quite a bit. Um, the NFC side of the ball, 
I'm going with rejuvenated Green Bay Packers. I think the Packers have plenty enough offense. They've got a running game that will control the clock. And their defense looked a little bit better each week last year. So I'm going Green Bay, New England. Nice, nice. My, you know, I, I a couple of weeks ago, I really did want to go Green Bay, but I'm a little worried about their run stop. A little bit worried about their run defense this year. No B.J. Raji, and it just, I don't know. Uh, to me, I, that's Mike Daniels my, will take care of that. Remember that name, yeah. Jester, Mike Daniels. Mike Daniels. I, I, of all the names I have to remember, I'm sure I will. Um, all right, Super Bowl picks. I'd say Arizona. I like Arizona. I like uh, what they're doing out there. But my problem with Arizona is Carson Palmer. I just, I mean, I can't see a guy just really choke under pressure like he does. I'm going to have to go ahead and people are going to be surprised about this, but I'm going to go with Carolina versus New England. I don't think that they're going to miss much with Brady Gunn. And you say, what? I mean, that's Brady. Yeah, I understand that's Brady. But you still have, like like you alluded to, and you still have Hoodie. You still have Belichick there. And I'm sure he's gone ahead and has a game plan in for these four games. And, you know, everybody's saying about tonight's game, why is why is Brady going to play against the Giants? Why is he going to be in the game and all this stuff? And you know why? Because he's not going to be in the game for four games. So, you know what? You've got to build that cohesion with your with your offense, and you're not going to have it for four, four uh, weeks here. So why not have him play so that, you know, hey, listen, this is the last bit of action he's going to see, you know. So that, that's personally where I would go with that. All right, folks, you know, that is it. We've covered offensive rookie, defensive rookie, MVP, defensive player, comeback player, biggest impact player, player nobody's talking about, coach of the year, which two teams we'll see in the Super Bowl. Now we're getting ready to go to the fan favorite, Factor Fantasy. Now, folks, before we get into this, I just want to go ahead and talk to you about a couple of things that have been going on here. And we've got the Fantasy Justice Show on Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Going to want to tune in this week. We've got one heck of a show uh, planned for you guys. And then now we've got FXE Live, which is really turning into a zoo. Uh, between the idea of covering the WWE and now FXE, Florida Extreme Entertainment, having wrestlers in at any given time to the studio, it really has brought out an element that, well, we're covering a story. We might be doing Raw, we might be doing SmackDown, and then all of a sudden now, okay, a wrestler can literally be walking in and want to say something, get on the podcast, is in the area, uh, either as a surprise guest or a planned guest. And, you know, I mean, last night, if you paid attention for those FXE people out there that are also catching the gridiron, guys, last night you heard one hell of a show. If you go on the Fantasy Jester Facebook page, you can go on there. We went live for 15 minutes last night, and 
a great show. We had the signing of a couple of the developmental wrestlers on, uh, one of them being in studio right now, Joey Cage. We had Mako on last night. And then a uh, little extracurricular activity, uh, not the first time in Jester's studio. We've had it with Bill Crude here. And it seems that there is a common denominator. Uh, every time something breaks out into the studio, I'm starting to notice that it's been Mako and Joey Cage. It's been Bill and Joey Cage. It's been Renegade and Joey Cage. Yeah, I, I, I hear one name in particular all the time. And when he comes back in here, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to point that out to him. But uh, it's going to be interesting. Stay tuned for that. FXE every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. You don't want to miss it. <sighs> Who's ready? I know I am. Folks, we're going to have the fan favorite, Factor Fantasy. And in this segment, it's going to be myself, JT, Joey Cage, and Tate. Now, the reason why Kid Kelly and Busy J aren't on the segment is it's real simple. We are bringing you our fantasy experts. These guys, not just myself, but JT, Tate, and Joey Cage are up there with the top players in the nation. I've played all three of these gentlemen myself personally for years and they are some of the toughest competition I have faced just simply because they do the one thing that a lot of fantasy players don't do research and with that research we are about to give you our rendition of fact or fantasy throughout the NFL we are going to go down the team list in alphabetical order, I'm going to bring in JT. I am bringing in Tate. I am bringing in Joey Cage out of the green room. Joey, welcome back in, brother. Uh, listen, before we start real quick, uh, we had talked about you and FXE and noticing a little bit of a trend here that, you know, you've been here. Mako had a problem with you. You've been here. Renegade had a problem with you. You've been here. You know, Bill had a problem with you. Bill Crude had a problem with you. I- I'm starting to notice a little trend. Are you misunderstood or what's up? What's the deal? You know, Jester, I don't know if it's that I'm misunderstood or that we're bringing in gentlemen that should not even be trying to talk to me about getting in the ring. The one thing I would say is this, you know, uh, I'm a guy, uh, I love to fight. You know, I absolutely love the fight. I love stepping into the ring. Okay, I don't play well with others. Uh, you know, you bring these guys in here, and uh, this guy Mako, uh, you know, and these jokes talk about how great they are in the ring. You know, I mean, none of that, n- n- none of that really impresses me much. You know, and I, like I said, I don't get on well with others. So, you know, to me, you know, I, I'm here in FXE to stay, and I'm excited for what we're going to do. Uh, anyone that does have a problem with me that comes into the studio, they're welcome to come into the FXE ring and uh, settle their issues with me. There you go, folks. You know, you talk about how hardcore football is. You know, if you're a football fan and and you want to see some really good, talented athletes and you haven't checked out wrestling before, you know, people go, "Eh, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. No, it's scripted. There's a difference, okay? Those bumps, those bruises, you know, tell uh, Randy Orton, who got 10, 10 staples to the head the other night, uh, about a week and a half ago, 
He got 10 staples to the head. Tell him that it's fake. So, Finn Balor. You know, Finn Balor, separated shoulder. Uh, you know, I can go down the list. This is this is not <laughs> – it's scripted. It's, it's a sport, though, and it's a very acrobatic, very strength – very, uh, you know, strength-intensive. Uh, you have to be agile. It just is uh, incredible. So if you haven't checked it out, check us out, FXE. Coming up now – Factor Fantasy. Here we go, folks. We have one for each team. Starting out with Arizona. We're going to go JT, Tate, Joey Cage, and then myself. David Johnson, Arizona. David Johnson will lead the NFL in rushing yards. JT. I'm going fantasy on that. I like David Johnson. I think he's one of the best players out there. I see him more as a 1,000, 1,100-yard rush guy with five or 600 yards receiving thrown in. So I see him more as a multi-purpose threat than I do just a leading rusher. That's more of an AP. So I'm going fantasy. Good, good. Okay. Next up, Tate, fact of fantasy. David Johnson leads the NFL I, in rushing. I have to agree. I have to agree with JT on that fantasy. Um, I mentioned earlier Ezekiel Elliott, rookie of the year. Um, I I see him. AP, guys like that being uh, leading rusher. Gotcha, gotcha. Next up, Joey Cage. Um, you know, also have to go fantasy. I probably got three guys at least off the top of my head in Ezekiel Elliott, Adrian Peterson, and uh, and I'm sorry, the other Johnson. You know, they, they're they leading the NFL in rushing. One of those, you know, LaShawn McCoy also, uh, you know, if he's healthy this year is a contender. But um, I'm going to have to go fantasy. I'm going to go fact. Fact, David Johnson will lead the NFL in rushing. Atlanta. Atlanta finishes 9-7. and seven. Joey Cage. Uh, fantasy. They're, they finish 7-9. and nine. Tate. I agree. Fantasy, 7-9, and 8-8. Eight and eight. JT. Fantasy, 6-10. and ten. The defense won't be able to carry him. I got fantasy on that. I think that they're just short, maybe eight and eight. It's going to be close, but uh, probably just a little short, like you said, defense. Baltimore, next up. Justin Forsett finishes the year as the starter. JT. Fantasy, that will be Dixon that will be the starter by year's end. Tate. I also say fantasy. Just too many guys there, and Forsett, uh, I see probably getting hurt at some point and losing his job to somebody else. Joey Cage. Clean sweep. Forsett is not going to finish the year as a starter fantasy. Complete sweep on that one. Forsett does not finish the year as a starter. Buffalo. Here we go. They are so close to Canada, Buffalo moves to the CFL. That is such fantasy. I don't even know where to begin. I'm just going to say fantasy and let it go. JT. I don't think the CFL wants them. Fantasy. (laughs) Joey Cage. Fact. They definitely don't belong in the NFL. Oh. That was even better. Just wait till we get to the hey, Eagles. I may have a Jester. problem with you to take you to the ring too, Joey Real Cage. Quick. Real quick, we might have Joey Cage versus Tate if they were in the studio tonight too. 
might win friends and influence people. Uh, next up, Carol Allen, by the way, I'm going to go uh, fantasy on that. We're stuck with them. Uh, Carolina. <laughs> Carolina. Funches gets more points, fantasy points, than Kelvin Benjamin. I'm going to say fact, just because I think uh, Cam Newton had the chance to build the rapport with Funches last year and really liked him. Uh, Benjamin, it's going to take some time for Newton to get used to having him back this year. I think Benjamin does have a good year, but I think Funches does better. Joey Cage. Fact, uh, Devin Punches becomes the number one receiver for uh, Cam Newton. This just went I – have, I couldn't have hoped that this went any better because I know where this young man is going to go next. JT, Punches is going to have more – I believe the points. usual – I believe the usual yes. is that would be fantasy. Now, if Cam Newton can hook up with – Ted Ginn and make him look like a semblance of a wide receiver in the NFL, I'm sure he can go with the most talented wide receiver on the roster in Calvin Benjamin and light him up. That's Benjamin's spot. He'll take it. Folks, uh, I knew going into this uh, what his answer was going to be. We have a crisp, cool bet on this one of $1. I have just He has you bet. He, I have Funches. He is Kelvin Benjamin. We'll see at the end of the year who's getting paid. Chicago fans. Chicago fans, you're out there. The Next. Bears. The Bears. Kevin White scores more fantasy points than Alshon Jeffrey. Fact or fantasy? Joey Cage. I'm going to go fact. I think that Kevin White... Uh, you know, establishes himself actually as their new number one receiver. Uh, if you remember the situation with the, you know, with them tagging Alshon and all that stuff like that, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think if he's if he's definitely still on the team next year. But I'm gonna go Kevin White. I'll I, I'll go fact. Tate. I go fact. I think uh, Jeffrey already has has been banged up a little bit in preseason leading up to it, and uh, I think Kevin White is on the comeback trail. And he does oust Alshon Jeffrey by a, by a margin. Nice, nice. And JT, is is there a word like fantasy that I can go with on this? I'm looking at a guy last year, Alshon Jeffrey, that had four touchdown catches on 94 targets, only 54 receptions. But I've yet to see Kevin White do anything in the pros yet. He's never played a snap in the NFL. Who knows? He could be another Charles Rogers, for all we know. So at this point, I'm going to go with the guy that actually has a touchdown in the NFL and say Jeffrey takes that. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I am going to say that Jeffrey can't stay healthy, and by virtue of that, Kevin White will just uh, eke him out with uh, a sub, sub-great effort on his own part. I, I don't see him having, you know, all of a sudden, you know, 1,200-yard year on Kevin White. Uh, and uh, I don't see Jeffrey staying healthy. I see Kevin White possibly at about, you know, 900 yards and about six, seven touchdowns, and that'll be just enough to eke out the often injured Alshon Jeffrey. Cincinnati, Andy Dalton plays a full season. JT. Fantasy. Uh, The guy always gets nicked up. It's because, unlike Cam Newton, he's not afraid to stick himself in his face in that pile when the ball hits the ground. 
he's not afraid to throw a block. Uh, and to his detriment at times, he gets hurt doing so. So he will not make it 16 games. Interesting. Interesting. Tate? I also have to say fantasy, basically the same reason as JT. I watched this guy being uh, from here at TCU down the road from me. And uh, same thing in college as he is in the pros. He's not afraid to get at it and uh, risk injury. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that that's part of the problem right there is he, he's a little too feisty for his own good. Joey Cage. Fantasy. Too feisty, too fragile. He's out at least two games this year. Okay, interesting. And speaking of fragile, we moved to Cleveland. And Joey Cage, I know you're high on this kid. RG3 is the starter all year in Cleveland. Fact or fantasy? I think he is the starter all year. I'm going to go fact uh, because here's the thing. I think he's the starter all year. And if he were to get injured uh, for a game or two, I I think he'll have done well enough uh, throughout the season that, that he would be the starter when he comes back. So, I mean, you know, if he gets injured, he'll lose that, you know, for the, the game or two or whatever it'll be. But uh, I, I honestly think he'll be the starter all year. Tate. I'm going to go fantasy from the perspective of if you're saying if he's the starter on paper, then yes, he'll be the, then that's a fact. If you're factoring in the injury, like Joey Cage said, I do think he gets hurt at some point, misses a game here or a game there, but he'll still be listed on paper as the starter. But he may not start for two or three games just because of the injury. Great. That's a, and that's where I'm alluding to, to be honest with you, is the idea that he, he will be the starter all year, but how many games he actually starts because of injury. Exactly, Tate. Exactly. Yeah, in, that, in that case, it's definitely fantasy because he'll miss at least two, two to three games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Little dings here and there. JT? Well, in uh, respect to all three of uh, the panelists here that I'm talking to, all you guys know your stuff, no doubt about that. But let's be real. Robert Griffin, his time has passed. I think he gets yanked by week eight, week nine, week ten at the latest when Cleveland's record's in the toilet and they want to get a look at what they have in Cody Kessler, the quarterback they drafted this year. So I don't see him making it 16 games. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I don't see the start at all. I guess it's a pretty much consensus vote on that one. The uh, Dallas Cowboys, Dallas fans, the question you all want to know, hey, you've been waiting, you want to know, Dallas, yeah, Tate, you're you're waiting with bated breath for this one. (laughs) Dallas, fact or fantasy, Romo never plays another down in the NFL in a regular season game. Joey Cage. Uh, I would go fantasy. I would have the argument never plays another down for Dallas. I could potentially see that. In the NFL, I mean, once he's cooked from Dallas, there's a good shot at that to where, you know, he probably wouldn't sign with anyone else, you know, and everything, all the surgeries, et cetera. Uh, I, I feel as if Romo will play one more, at least another snap, uh, until he gets injured on that snap, but uh, I'm gonna have to go fantasy. Tate, I'm going fantasy on that. There's already talk here that uh, there was a report that came out. Somebody was talking with David Carr, former uh, Houston Texans quarterback and little brother of the current Raiders quarterback, and uh, he was Older saying brother. that he had that same injury. Older brother, way back. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, but uh, he had that same injury at one point during his career, and uh, he he missed like two weeks and then came back and played with that injury for the remainder of the season. And uh, so there's already talk here of Romo possibly being back as early as week two or three if Prescott doesn't uh, step up and uh, be able to keep them in the game. So definitely interesting because everything, yeah, and here's the thing is everything I've been hearing keeps pushing the date further back at my end. This is uh, through my channels that I'm hearing is they, they started, uh, and that's through Jerry Jones uh, said in an interview, it was uh, originally four to six weeks, then went six to eight. Okay. And now is at six to 10. Uh, it keeps getting pushed back. And here's what's going to happen. That's going to get pushed back for the full season. All right. They don't want to give up hope to the Dallas Cowboy fans. They want to be able to keep people in those seats and keep everybody there all season long at the hope that, you know, all we have to do is hang on until Tony gets here. All we have to do is hang on until Tony gets here. The problem's going to be Tony's never going to get there, folks. He has played his last game in the NFL. He will go ahead. They will finally, by midseason, okay, finish his season, put him on IR, finish him for the season, and during the offseason, he will make the announcement he will be retiring from the NFL. Just remember where you heard that. Denver, 2015 seventh-round pick, Simeon, and number one pick this year, Lynch, are the new Breeze and Rivers in Denver. Denver now has two starters. By the end of this year, they will have two starters that people can covet, and they will have to trade one because both of them will succeed in Denver. Factor Fantasy JT. Well, since I didn't get to answer the Dallas question, I'm going to answer that first. Go ahead. Touchdown, My bad. Touchdown and dance floor Jesus, Deion Sanders, already in Tony Romo's ear, talking about his uh, quality of life with his kids, his professional golfing that he wants to do, uh, and warning him, you're 36 years old. You can't take too many more hits like this. I agree with the jester. He will not play in, ever again. As for the nice. other question, in Denver, Simeon is – a sacrificial lamb for the Carolina Panthers, I think, the first week or two uh, in the season. I think you're going to see him go out. If he gets knocked around, doesn't perform, it gives them all the excuse they need to get the Paxton Lynch era started. So I see, do not see that as a re, you know, Breeze and Rivers thing. I just see it as a placeholder. Interesting. Okay. Nice, nice. And uh, Tate, how are you looking at this uh, same same way as uh, JT, honestly. Um, I, I see it as being Paxton Lynch's show there in Denver on the long term. It's just a matter of time and uh, them feeling comfortable with his progression to this point and not wanting to throw them throw him out there too early, throw him to the wolves and uh, risk injury too early with him. So I go with fantasy as well. Interesting. Interesting picks by both of you guys. All right. See if Joey Cage... Clean sweep? I think so. I'm going to have to go fantasy. I think Simeon uh, had the sort of luck of being, or at least looking, slightly better in practice than Mark Sanchez. Uh, So he gets the, you know, uh, almost placeholder, 
quarterback position until they feel comfortable enough to start Lynch. That's essentially, in my opinion, all that he is, though, is the guy that will start the first couple games, and as soon as they are comfortable with Lynch and Simeon, you know, proves to be the seventh-round pick that he is, I mean, I don't think he's very good. I don't think he does anything particularly very good. Uh, and I think Paxton Lynch, first off, is entirely the future quarterback there. Um, right. You know, I, now my, my Eagles drafted Carson Wentz, but I've said before that I think Paxton Lynch probably has the highest ceiling and could very well be the best quarterback that comes out of this draft. Um, yes, but I'm, I'm going to go fantasy and say that, you know, the Paxton Lynch era will start by week four, week five, the latest. Interesting. Did I skip anybody this time? I got everybody. <laughs> No, I, I listen. I'm cap- obviously I'm more than capable of doing so. So, uh, and I don't want to do that. So I, I I needed to check, but uh, you know, the kid's a seventh round pick for a reason. He didn't fire, but then again, you could always say, but what about Brady? You know, yeah. what about Brady? Here's the thing: Brady's don't come along very often. That's why no, they they're picked so low. He's he's a placeholder. He is simply a placeholder. Detroit, Detroit rocks. Where are you, Detroit? <laughs> Detroit rocks. Here we go. We Detroit will have a top ten rush defense, but a bottom ten rushing offense. JT, I'm going fact on that. The defensive line is strong. It's fast. They play well together. Their scheme suits a run-stuffing team. Their pass defense is a completely different situation. Maybe their run defense will be ranked so high because their pass defense is so bad everybody throws on them. As far as their offense, Amir Abdullah is a fumbling machine. I'm not a fan of his at all. I think Theo Riddick's the better back, and he's a receiving back. So definitely fact on that. Interesting, interesting. Very nice breakdown of that, JT. Tate? I would go fact as well. Um, similar reasons to JT. I also think the uh, loss of uh, their big receiver, Calvin Johnson, that everybody's heard of uh, him retiring, I think that's going to affect them on the offensive side of the ball as well. People will be able to stack the box against them more so than they have in the past. I don't think they will completely because you've still got some, some decent receivers there like Golden Tate that's stepping up trying to be the number one there now. But uh, I I say fact, I don't see them uh, being able to do it offensively. Uh, yeah, I, I just really – that defense, definitely top ten rush defense, that line, DeAndre Levy. Um, but the mm. – the, the the whole rush offense. I just think the offense in general is going to be something to, uh, that is going to turn back into the Matt Stafford show. I, I can see the Matt Stafford show happening uh, just simply because they're going to have to. And uh, no, I, I think that is definitely a fact. Green Bay. Green Bay Packers. Let's go Pack. Eddie Lacy gains 1,125 rushing yards this year. <laughs> Joey Cage. Uh, I'm going to go facts. That's like right exactly around where I think he'll be at. 
maybe 11.50, but yeah, I'll go fact on that. Tate? I will say fact as well. I think uh, Jordy Nelson being back is going to be able to open up that some of those running lanes for him to uh, be able to gain. Plus, as we've already discussed with him, he's coming out a little sleeker, um, slimmer, and trying to prove himself. He's going to be running with some attitude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I said, you know, he went and rededicated himself during the soft season, lost weight, got himself in shape. He didn't mm. do that just to sit around now. I'm, I'm sure that's going to carry on through the season, <laughs> and uh, it's going to be interesting. JT? Um, I also look at it sort of like I look at the Pittsburgh situation. You've got a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers that's been around 11 years now who's starting to get nicked up each season, and, you know, whether it's a hamstring or a foot or a knee. This guy takes a lot of shots uh, in the pocket. So I think Eddie Lacy's going to get a chance to carry the ball more. Jordy Nelson's back. That means Randall Cobb goes back to the inside. Everybody's where they belong. I think it's going to open up holes. So I'm going a little over 1,200 yards for Eddie Lacy. Okay, a little over 12, you said? Yeah, yes. How many touchdowns are you figuring? I think nine or ten is about where you look at him because Aaron Rodgers does like to run the ball in the red zone himself. Interesting. Okay, nice, nice. Houston, Houston Texan fans, your quarterback, Brock, Brock Osweiler. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Throws for four thousand yards this year jt we're going to start with you fantasy lamar miller yeah fantasy <laughs> what do you think he throws for i see him around 3250 3300 the guy um i mean you have obviously the best receiver or one of the best receivers in deandre hopkins i'm not a will fuller fan i do like braxton miller underneath i think those guys can both catch the ball do their job, but I don't see him doing more than 3,300 yards. They ran the ball nice second thing, most in the NFL last year. Okay, interesting. So you think that defense will hold it, hold up and keep them in games? I think they will, and I think you'll see the two Texas team lead lead the NFL in rushing attempts in Dallas and Houston. Hmm. Good call there. Good call there. Tate? I have to agree with that as well. Um, I I see Houston last year the uh, most rushing attempts. I don't see them. Uh, I don't see Osweiler being able to throw that that far, that many yards this season. And I don't know that they're even going to open the reins up for him that much in his first year there. They want to see what he's got and use the run game as support for him and see what he's got coming in his first year there, familiarize himself with the offense that they're running and the players that they've got there, and I don't see him throwing for that that many yards this season. Okay. All right. Uh, Joey Cage. I'm going to go fantasy. I don't think Osweiler throws for that many yards this season or next or any season. I think that, I mean, 4,000 yards is 3,500 of them to DeAndre Hopkins. I, I don't you know, they uh, Fuller is an interesting pick, um, and, you know, they do have some, some guys that can play. But specifically uh, because of Lamar Miller, I'm going to have to go fantasy. It doesn't come close to 4,000 yards. I would have to uh, – hmm. 
I would have to uh, go ahead and agree with that. I think that they are a weapon away. I, I don't know if he's capable or not yet. I can't say that. I'm looking at what they have at the other end of the ball, whether or not he'd be capable of getting four grand. And, uh, you know, if you figure, even if you figure Hopkins 1500 and 700 for Miller, I mean, those are kind of high, even the seven, well, the 700 for Miller is a little high, but the 1500 tried on for Hopkins, you know, 800 for Fuller. I mean, you know, you're not even close at that point. You're still at 2,900. So, and you're you're out of really good passing options. What are you going to do uh, again underneath for maybe about another seven? So you're at thirty six at the max. Thirty six at the max. Maybe a tight end. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. I don't see it. I'm going to have to go with the crowd on that. Kate, let's start with you. Indy comes in last in the division. I'm going to say fantasy on that. I I see with uh, Andrew Luck coming back this year, um, I, I just see them improving over what they were last year and making some progress. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they're going to finish last. I, I see them maybe third, but uh, possibly as high as second. But uh, definitely better than last year and not fourth. All right, all right. Uh, Joey Cage, go with you. Uh, I'm also going to have to say fantasy. They'll probably be third. Um, I, you know, I, maybe it's because I think a lot of Andrew Luck, I think he's a great quarterback. Uh, I see Indy finishing ahead of the, the Texans um, and potentially the Titans, but the, I don't think they'll be fourth fantasy. JT. I see that as a fact, and I see it as a fact by quite a bit. Uh, I look at the two things that win games in the NFL is running game and defense. Indianapolis has neither. Uh, their best offensive lineman in Jake Muhort tears his ACL last week. You know, last year broken ribs, lacerated kidney for Andrew Luck because of the beating he took, because he had no time to throw the football. So when I look at that, I say Tennessee's got a decent defense, great power running game. Houston's got a good defense, power running game. Jacksonville, we've already talked about. So Indianapolis finishes fourth. Yeah, because I've got the Texans and the Jaguars battling it out for the uh, lead in the in the division, and I see the Titans as a 500 team, and I right. see I see the Colts as a six win at the most, and I'm giving them a six just because I figure Luck's going to win a couple of them. Right, and Luck's great, but I just don't think he can yeah. do it by himself. No, there's still too many pieces uh, missing there. That's that's exactly how I feel. All righty. I cover everybody on that one. I got everybody. All right. Jacksonville. Jayville in the house, not far, right up the road, just about an hour and a half up the road from me. Blake Bortles throws for 38 touchdowns. JT. I would like to say fact on that, but I think it's fantasy. I think he comes in at 30, 32 tops. Uh, Julius Thomas is a wild card there. I want to see if he acclimates to that system a little better than he did last year. I think the addition of Chris Ivory and still having T.J. Yeldon, I think they're going to try to make a focus on running the football 
in the red zone this year. So I say 32 tops. Joey Cage? I'm going to have to agree. Fantasy, I think uh, 32 to potentially 35. Uh, and I, I'm JC, I think you're right on with 32. Uh, let's see. If I go with, uh, let's see, 15, 27, 34, uh, I can hit I can hit 40. I'd say 40. Bortles hits 40 this year. I'm going 12 to Robinson, 10 to Hearns, 5 to Lee, four, uh, 7 to Julius Thomas, 6 to Ivory, and anybody else back there. Um Definitely, I'd say 40 this year. That is a high-powered offense that people are going to have to stop. They're going to play uh, Indianapolis twice. They're going to, you know, I mean, I'm just looking at, at some of the teams that they're playing this year, and I, I don't I, I don't know. I see 40 for Blake Bortles. I see Bortles having a great year, continuing to improve. KC, KC Chiefs, KC Masterpiece out there. Guys, Macklin and Albert Wilson will get 2,000 yards and 20 touchdowns combined. Tate. Uh, I'm going to go fantasy on the Jacksonville one. I think he's just under that I number. I skipped you. But uh, Kansas City, I'm going to go fantasy as well. This is a team two years ago had – not a single catch receiving touchdown by a wide receiver. So 20, 20 touchdowns for their wide receivers, and I just don't see it. So absolutely fantasy on that. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting a little punch drunk, I guess, because I'm skipping people here. But uh, yeah, if I <laughs> skip you, just if I skip you, just give the pick on the next one and tell me I'm an idiot. I'm fine. I'm good with it. Uh, I, there are times I'm prone. I am prone to brilliance at any given time and massive stupidity at any given moment. So uh, preach. You know, just, I, I apologize. I apologize. Yeah, I know. I know. It's the truth. I enjoy those moments of brilliance and the, and the stupidity. I I have a good laugh at it. I, I can and we enjoy those. Yeah. Well, right. listen. There's nobody. I don't think there's anybody on the planet that enjoys laughing at me more than you. To be honest with you. Only because it happens so rarely. Oh wow, that was good. I like that. All right, what a line of crap that was. But okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Macklin, Albert Wilson, Joey Cage, 2,000 yards, 20 touchdowns. Does that happen in fact of fantasy? Fantasy. I think Macklin has an outside shot at 1,200 yards. Albert Wilson won't hit 800 yards. There's Chris Conley there, and uh, hmm. definitely no one in the 20 touchdowns between those two. Fantasy. I, uh, I definitely am going to go uh, fantasy. JT? I, I grew Joey Cage on that. that Chris Conley's definitely ahead of, the, of Albert Wilson in the pecking order. I also think Travis Kelsey is, and I think Jamal Charles out of the backfield is. So I definitely have to go fantasy on that. And let's not forget, we're talking Alex Smith on top of everything else. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. And getting to the next team, and for those of you who have been catching the gridiron guys these past couple of weeks and enjoying our coverage, JT's coverage of Hard Knocks, Tonight, that has been preempted by the uh, whole two-hour special. And you can catch the final edition 
and the coverage of it, of the uh, Hard Knocks, the L.A. Rams, JT's coverage of it. You can catch it this Saturday night on the Fantasy Jester Show as he wraps up Hard Knocks. Great show on HBO. A lot of fans out there watching it. And while we're on L.A. Rams, here's one for you, folks. Jared Goff is a bust. Factor fantasy. JT. Oh, I definitely think that's going to be a fantasy. Um, In watching Hard Knocks, I've seen this kid make some amazing throws. Thread the needle. He's got touch. He's got the awareness. The kid just needs some seasoning. It's funny. It reminds me of another Cal quarterback named Aaron Rodgers. When Rodgers came out, just needed time. Um, Am I saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers? No, but he has some of the same skill set, which means he can't be a bust. Interesting. Interesting. Tate? I also say fantasy. He's definitely not going to be a bust. Uh, He he may not be, as JT said, he may not be comparable to Aaron Rodgers in the long term at the end of his career, but he's definitely not going to be a bust. Again, watching Hard Knocks as well, seeing the progression that he's making each week in practice and the improvements he's making, and he's not afraid to be the last one out there on the field putting in the extra work, putting the extra time in to uh, make sure he's got everything down. So he may not be starting this at the beginning of the season at this point, but he'll definitely get a shot here, and he's going to prove that he was worth the, the first overall pick this year. Okay. All right. Joey Cage, golf a bust? Factor fantasy. I'm going to have to go fact, um, you know, and the limited stuff that I've seen of him, I mean, the dude, you know, you talk about seasoning, yeah, because he's chicken. I mean, he looks terrible in the pocket amidst pressure. Um, he seems fragile. I, I you, know, I, you know, getting injured both games, uh, you know, and everything like that. And I think that he's had, you know, he, he's coming to a team where, you know, they're giving Tavon Austin an extension he doesn't deserve, and they're doing all of these things to try to help the cause. But I just feel like the Rams, and as long as Jeff Fisher's there, I'm not a really big Jeff Fisher fan, um, you know, and I just think that it, it boils down to does the organization ruin him to some degree, and what are his faults? In my opinion, he does seem very fragile. Um if I can quote one of my favorite wrestlers, there really is only one word to describe him. Uh, I'm not going to spell it out, but the thing is, is that I, I would say fact. I'm going to think. I think Jared Goff will be a bust. You know, I think what you were trying to say is. Because there's only one word to describe you, and I'm going to spell it out for you. And Is that Joey that, Cage's way of saying he can't spell? Uh, that that will uh, that can be determined later on. I'm sure at a later date you can uh, go ahead and describe your feelings about his ability to spell in the ring. At some point, I'm sure you guys will be able to meet. But right now, folks, before we continue on with Fact of Fantasy, I have to pay a couple. Hi, of folks. It's Barbara here for Deep Obsession Charters. Whether you live in the beautiful West Palm Beach area or you're planning on visiting the Sunshine State and you love to dive, you have to contact South Florida's premier dive operators, Deep Obsession Dive Charters, out of the West Palm Beach area. 
They are a full-service dive operation. They've got everything from equipment sales and rentals, and they're also a PADI-certified dive center, and they offer certifications from beginning all the way to pro. Deep Obsession offers wreck dives, reef dives, night dives, and dives to the beautiful Blue Heron Bridge, which was voted one of the world's best macro dive sites. But their best adventure, I believe, is their baited shark dives. Here you will be educated on the importance of conservation of these beautiful endangered creatures while being up close and personal with them. It's truly an unforgettable experience, I tell you. For the best customer service in the industry, with fun and safety as a priority, you can book your next dive adventure at deepobsessioncharters.com or you can call them at 561-707-2045. You can also find them Deep Obsession Charters on Facebook and Twitter or you can check out their videos on YouTube. Remember, for the best dive experience in South Florida, it's Deep Obsession Dive Charters. Dive, dive, dive! Hi, this is Jim Rosenhouse with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. Hi, I'm Jimmy Smith, the newest inductee of the Jaguars Pride, and you're listening to the Gridiron Guys. We've got everybody listening to us, and it's just a, a great time. As you see, we've got the different different drops that are coming in. A little delay on the one, but that's okay. We get used to that. Every once in a while, that happens. As we get ready now for fact or fantasy, the continuation, we have Miami. <coughs> I stopped right at JT's team. JT, you're going to be up first. Tannehill okay. ends up with. 34 throwing touchdowns. I'm going to say fantasy on that. I don't see him getting 34. I see him right around 30. Uh, I do think Adam Gase is going to put more of an emphasis on running the football in the red zone, uh, something we've not done in the past and something we need to do to win games. So I I think 30, so fantasy. 30, fantasy. Hmm, interesting, interesting. All right. And, and folks, so that you know, JT, if he if he definitely follows every one of these teams, he definitely follows his own team, the Miami Dolphins. So that's what you're getting from him there. Uh, Tate, what do you got? What are you saying? Oh, well, I'm not going to argue with JT on his team there, but uh, I'm going fantasy as well. I honestly, I've had Tannehill in, in a couple of our leagues, over since his rookie season, and I see him being a 28 to 30 range. 28 to 30. Interesting. Joey Cage? I'm going to go fantasy. Uh, I think Blake Bortles definitely has more touchdowns than him, and, you know, I think, like I said, you know, uh, JT had said 32 for Bortles. I'm going to go, you know, 24 to 28 for Tannehill. Not even going to hit 30. I I don't know. I think 34 might be a little high, but I can see him hitting 30 this year. I can see him hitting 30. Minnesota, here's a scary one for you. Adrian Peterson will rush for less than 1,100 yards. Joey Cage. Fantasy, definitely not. Tate. I will say fantasy, he's definitely going to be right up there in the uh, leading rushers of the NFL. 
especially now that Teddy Bridgewater's out, they're going to have to rely on AP a lot more. And JT. You know, Jester, this one's a tricky question with the news of Teddy Bridgewater's knee injury. I wonder how many times now he's going to see nine in the box with Sean Hill at quarterback for the Vikings, which means a lot more safeties and linebackers teeing off on him at 31 years old. I wonder how his health will handle that kind of workload. Um, You know, two weeks ago, I would have said that's fantasy. I'm starting to lean more towards fact. I, uh, two weeks ago, I still had that because I don't think he holds up. Two weeks ago, I had it that he wasn't going to get 1,100 yards because I don't think he holds up. He's already dinged. He's 31. And now, by virtue of what you said, you you, you took my whole argument on it. Uh, it is real simple. They're just going to load up on the box and beg. Who, who is it now? Sean Hill? Sean Hill. Yep. Oh, well, I'm sure that's going to you know scare the hell out of the secondary. Okay. No, it's not. So let's be honest here, folks. Okay. They're going to load up on Adrian Peterson. They're going to load up on an older back who's already dinged. No, there's no way. I I, I feel sorry for these, uh, for the Minnesota fans for what's about to happen. AP doesn't make it through the whole year, folks. That that's why I'm saying less than 1100. New England Patriots, you hoodie loving sons of. Oh yes. New England Patriots, Tom Brady will come back like a man on a mission. Kate Dello, uh, I have Tom Brady will go 11-1 in the final 12 games. Fact or fantasy? I'm going to go fantasy. I I think 11-1 is kind of pushing it. I can see 10-2, maybe 9-3, but... I agree he is definitely going to come back as a man on a mission to prove himself after this suspension of four games. He's going to want to come out and just go nuts. But I'm going to say fantasy. Yeah, like I said, I think he's going to be going crazy when he gets out. 11-1, and one, interesting. Yeah, 10-2. All right, I can see 10-2. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Joey Cage, what are you seeing? Uh, I think he does come back uh, on a mission. I think, uh, you know, New England's had hit so many milestones over the years, you know, with the undefeated season and, you know, up into the Super Bowl. But, you know, they, you know, they, they've done a lot of crazy stuff, you know, and bounced back from some pretty incredible, you know, the allegations of whatnot. But uh, I'm like, I'm, I think he comes back on a mission and I can very well see 11 and one uh, being the case. Okay, JT. Um, I think he comes back week five. I think over those 12 games, he throws 36 touchdowns with guys like Gronk and Bennett being lit up like a pinball machine. And I think he autographs all 36 of those touchdowns and sends those to the league office for Roger Goodell's trophy case. Uh, 11 and 1, I say fact. Yeah, I have a feeling he's going to be on a mission. They're going to put him in the offensive set that he lit up the NFL with just a few short years ago with Hernandez and Gronk, and you're going to see a repeat performance of that. It's not going to be pretty. He's going to come back, and he's going to come back like a man on a mission, 
And this is somebody who really I'm not a New England Patriots fan in the slightest. And I'm just hmm. not looking forward to it. Yeah, no. New Orleans Saints. Who did, who that? Who that going to beat them Saints? Well, pretty much a lot of people. But, Everyone. Um, yeah. New Orleans. JT. Kobe Fleener puts up 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. That is fantasy. Uh, anyone who's ever owned an offensive skill player in fantasy from the New Orleans Saints knows one week it's Cooks, the next week it's this guy, the next week it's that guy. Uh, I just don't see Fleener getting fed enough balls to get to those numbers. I see more of a eight, eight fifty, six to eight touchdowns. So he's he's not he's not the new Jimmy Graham for them. No, he doesn't have that kind of skill set. Tate? I'm going to also go fantasy. I like Fleener a lot. I mentioned him on our tight end show uh, last week, I believe. And uh, I like him a lot, but I'm going to go fantasy along the same line, same reasoning as JT. Um, I've always had a thing personally where I don't like Saints receivers. It just it's breeze spreads spreads the wealth quite a bit, and it's one week it's this guy, the next week it's that guy. It doesn't matter who you are. You're not getting those numbers just because lack of consistency. Too many other guys spreading out the offense around. Okay. All right. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Joey Cage? I'm going to also go fantasy. Um, you know, that, there's just no way I think that you know, I, JT was on the money, I think, with 800 yards. I think 800 yards is a good, you know, uh, level where he'll, he'll end up hitting. Uh, 1,000 yards is rough. They have a lot of targets there. Willie Sneed and Brandon Cooks, you know, right. second-round wide receiver, Michael Thomas. Um, you know, they got a lot of guys there. I don't think he hits 1,000 yards. I'll say 800 uh, yards and probably six touchdowns. That would be my guess. I got I got the thousand yards. I don't have the twelve touchdowns, so I have fantasy on that one. Uh, moving along, because we've got ten minutes left, guys. We'll speed this up a little bit. The New York Giants, the last three years, we alluded to this earlier, have scored thirty points three years ago, twenty-seven point three two years ago, twenty-six point two this past year. This year, they will jump back up to 28 points a game with the added weapon for Eli now. Joey Cage, Eagle lover, what do you got? Fact, I'd say they're at 28 points a game. Tate. I'll go fact as well. JT, giant hater. Go ahead. Yeah, Shepard, Cruz, Odell, Paul Perkins at some point. Yeah, they're going 29, 30 points. Real quick, JT, follow up on that. You mentioned Perkins. Perkins starts by the end of the by, let's say, uh, week ten. Is he the starting running fact. back? Fact, he's the most elusive back on their roster, and that's something they need. Okay, here's one for you, Jet fans, right there, same stadium. Okay, you New York Jets, J E T S, Jets, 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 just and still not season. in New York. Yeah, yeah, uh, but their offices are. And uh, that's why they still call them New York. So uh, that's what's up. And the rent is cheaper in New Jersey. 
17 points three years ago on offense. Two years ago, 20.7. And then last year, they jumped up to 24.2. So they've jumped three points from two years ago, four points from the year before. So they've jumped seven points total, a little over seven points in the past three years. So now last year's 24.2 turns into 27 points a game this year as Ryan Fitzpatrick is a man that is playing for a contract, a big his last big contract. What will he do this year? What will the offense do now with Matt Forte back there? Does he have anything left in the tank to give the Jets for another year or two? 28 points, Tate. What do you say, factor fantasy? I go fantasy. They're still the New York Jets. They they may they may do. Uh, they've improved the last few years, but they're kind of plateaued, I believe. Interesting, interesting. Plateaued uh, for the Jets, and then we have Joey Cage. You feel the Jets are plateaued, or are they continuing on? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go fantasy. There's no way. If I'm saying the Giants are at 28 points a game, the Jets aren't at 27. I mean, that's ridiculous. But um, I, I definitely fantasy. I would say they've absolutely plateaued. There's no way that they do better, in my opinion. And I would think that their numbers will actually probably come down. Um, just definitely no for 27 points a game. Oakland Raiders. Uh, I'm sorry, JT, did I get you on that one yet? No, quick answer. Yeah. Unless Ken O'Brien, yeah. Freeman McNeil, and Wesley Walker are coming through that door, that's a fantasy for the Jets. Uh, can we bring in Klecko uh, on the goal line? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good, good. Oakland Raider fans, the black hole. Derek Carr will throw for 4,200 yards and 35 touchdowns this year. Joey Cage. Uh, wow, that's a good one. I'm going to say fantasy on the yards. I think he's more 38, uh, 3,800 as opposed to 4,200. Um, you know, because they do have a little bit of a run game, and I'm a big fan of Latavius Murray. Uh, but so I'm going to say fantasy on the yards and on the touchdowns was 35. That sounds about right. Okay. All right. JT? I'm going to say fantasy on both accounts. Uh, their offense really wasn't as good as it looked last year. They had a lot of splash plays that just happened to go their way. I think to get a little more consistent, you see Latavius Murray and DeAndre Washington fed the ball quite a bit more. That big uh, Osimile they signed to help road grade to do that. Fantasy. I, uh, I see a downturn for Carr this year because of what you just said. They built that lineup okay, to run big boy, to run Murray a lot more. That's just that's just the way I see it. Anybody arguing with that one? Fact or fantasy, Latavius Murray this no, year. I'm going fantasy as well. Numbers are Tate? just a slight bit high. Yeah, just a little high, correct? Yes, sir. Philly. Oh, don't we have a Philly fan here? Joey Cage, oh, aren't you a Philly fan? I bet I am. We can just skip okay. this team. We can, uh, yeah, well, okay, we're going to go to the CFL, but Buffalo, they call Buffalo first. Um, <laughs> Philly, Philly will continue the streak of no Super Bowls this year. 
Factor Fantasy. JT. I'm sorry, that's, that's a fact. Uh, they, unless they buy tickets, maybe they'll be invited by somebody else, but they're not going on the run. Not going to go. All right. Uh, Tate, fact of fantasy, the Eagles uh, continue the streak of never winning a Super Bowl. They will absolutely continue that streak. They're not going to the Super Bowl this year. You don't see Bradford as possibly the – well, no. Bradford could be the Super Bowl MVP, just like Eli Manning, you know. So, uh, Joey T. Are they bringing right T.O. back, too? T.O. didn't help them either. They fell short anyway. That was the year. T.O., my dude. I've heard T.O., my dude. I've heard Deshaun Jackson, my dude. McNabb, my dude. Westbrook, my dude. Brian Dawkins, my dude. Real Green Beckham. My dude. Yeah, now we got Dorio Green back of my dude. So uh Joey Cage. They're gonna finish right by the New York Giants. They're not making the Super Bowl. <laughs> they're rebuilding. <laughs> I don't know why someone would associate them with a Super Bowl team, but no, they're they're gonna continue their streak. Fact of fantasy, That's they got the wrong right Beckham. There. Fact of fantasy, they got the wrong Beckham. Uh, say it. Fact. Say it. Fact. Say it. You can't say it yet. Say it. The we wrong Beckham. We can't say it yet. Uh, I think we can say it. I'll say it. Wrong Beckham. Pittsburgh <laughs> <laughs> Steelers. Steel curtain, gang. And here, this is said because earlier we had Kansas City. We were asking if two players could get 2,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. We're about to ask the question. And what I alluded to earlier is we were talking MVP. On the Pittsburgh Steelers, Antonio Brown, 2,000 yards, 20 touchdowns by himself. Factor fantasy, Tate. I'm going to go fact. I think it's entirely possible for that to happen. Does he need Does he need Roethlisberger to stay healthy to do that, or do you think he's just going to take his game to that level this year? I think he's just going to take his game to that that level. I mean, if Roethlisberger's healthy, that's just going to make it even better. But he proved last year that he can put numbers up, whether it's Roethlisberger or somebody else thrown to him. doesn't make a difference. Okay. Uh, JT. Oh, I've, I've been on record saying he will get 2,000 yards this year. The, the 20 touchdowns, I don't disagree with that either. You're looking at a guy that started to get a, a repertoire with uh, – Levi, Levi Jones at the end of the year. Jones started lighting him up. So as long as Michael Vick isn't there, he's fine. 20 and 20, I'm good for it. Joey Cage? I think his name was Landry Jones, by the way. But, no, nah, I'm going to go with fantasy. He's not hitting 2,000 yards as cool as that would be, and he's definitely not getting 20 touchdowns. I think we're being a bit too optimistic, and I'd really bet anyone here he's not getting 20 touchdowns or 2,000 yards. I'm going to say, you know, I think, I think the, uh, oh, wow. All right, well, I think he gets the 2,000 yards. I think the 20 touchdowns is, is where we're going to lose him on that one, folks. I think that one's a little crazy. Uh, folks, tune in this Saturday, Fantasy Justice Show, 8 p.m. We're going to finish this up. We're going to have San Diego. We're going to ask if Joey Bosa gets more than five sacks. We're going to ask Seattle. Tyler Lockett, 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. We're going to ask if Blaine Gabbard starts all season. 
We continue on when we're talking about Tampa, Tennessee, Washington. You We've got so much more as we cover every damn sport on the planet. Fantasy Justice Show, Saturday. Thanks to Tate. Thanks to JT. Thanks to Billy Dave. One moment. Kid Kelly. And thank you all of you for listening in. I'm the Fantasy Justice. I am out of here. Knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous. But on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud. He opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking how everybody.